The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to another episode of the Flyers Talk Podcast. You're listening to Katie Emmer and Jordan Hall. And Jordan smiles on our faces today after a great win by the Flyers over the Boston Bruins for game one of round robin play. I mean, it's so great to see these games count. So great to see the Flyers back out on the ice. But there is nothing better than beating the best team in the Eastern Conference as a welcome back to hockey. There really isn't. I, I was thinking to myself, Katie, could the Flyers could Flyers fans have asked for a better start to this tournament? I'm not sure you can. I guess a better start would be shutting out the Bruins and not beating them 4-1. But, gosh, you, you know, you open the round robin when the games finally matter and you beat the best team in the league by three goals. Uh, even some of your top guys don't even produce offensively. Um, Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, and Jacob Borchek, that top line combined for one assist. And that wasn't a bad thing. They, they had a really tough assignment and played really well defensively. And the team got what we've been talking about, those depth contributions um, where everyone seems like they're, they're making uh, their presence felt. Uh, Katie, could you have asked for a better start for this team? Absolutely not. No, and you mentioned right there that depth. It's like, I don't know what was better, the depth or Carter Hart. I mean, everything was just so impressive. Um, And as you mentioned, yeah, you want to see Giroux set the tone as the leader out there. And even Couturier, Giroux hit the post in the first 20 minutes. I mean, less than that. It was the first period. Um, it, it was crazy. It, it was it was nice to see that, you know, the bottom six will continuously step up. They certainly did yesterday. Um, Carter Hart, 34 saves on 35 shots. Certainly not a bad uh, playoff debut for the young 21-year-old. But, um, yeah, you know, a big player, too. I think of Carter Hart. You know, you got to give credit to Phil Myers, Nate Thompson. But Michael Roffel had one of the best games. And you know what, too, is something to note. When we talked about that 13th forward, you know, a lot of debate, at least that I had, Jordan, was Nate Thompson or Joel Farabee. It was going to be between those two. It was actually Michael Roffel or Joel Farabee. That was kind of the decision Elaine Vigneault um, had to make, Who's gonna he's going to put in the lineup. Of course, he gives uh, Roffel the nod, and, and then, you know, he goes off. But unfortunately, after all of that, in the third period, we see him really go down. Um, still, you know, hoping for the best out of Michael Roffel. Um this is going to be, you know, hopefully a great run. So, you know, he needs to be back in soon. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure we will uh, stay up to date on what that's going to be. But 
Certainly overall, uh, what you also have to remember is injuries, anything, and of course we're hoping it's not that case, but anything, this happens in playoffs. And you have the reassurance with your black aces, even with Joel Farabee, um, different guys. And I just really feel like the Flyers are in a great place. You don't want injuries, but they certainly are in a great place for that sort of plan B. They are. And because uh, Chuck Fletcher, I remember, said it, general manager Chuck Fletcher said it, at the trade deadline in February when they acquired Derek Grant and Nate Thompson, he said one of the bigger reasons why they did that is because hockey happens. Hockey happening being that, you know, guys get nicked up and injuries happen, freak injuries, that things that you can't even avoid. Um, and then you really need to rely on depth at, an, at a critical part of the year, that being a postseason run, and then obviously that being now the postseason. Um, and it's a shame. Yeah, you see Michael Roffel have a great game and really kind of – be an example of that depth that the team relies on so much. And then he leaves with an injury in the third period. It looks like he couldn't put pressure on his one leg. And then Elaine Vigneault today said that um, he couldn't really give specifics on Raffle because of the protocol between the NHL and the NHLPA. But he did say that Raffle will not be available for a little bit. Uh, it didn't sound too promising. I don't know. A little bit could be anything. But yeah. my guess is that maybe uh, Raffles probably not going to play the rest of the round robin. Uh, and, yeah, next up I think is Joel Farabee. Uh, Joel Farabee will play Thursday against the Capitals. And uh, I think he's the guy they're going to rely on now uh, in Raffles' absence. But hopefully for the Flyers it's not too serious because um, Michael Raffles is an important player. He's uh, kind of a microcosm of that, that depth and the importance of it. Well, Katie, like you said, it's good that they it's good that they had these guys. It's good that they had Joel Farabee, Morgan Frost, yeah. Nate Thompson. Because if they didn't, they'd be in they'd be in a tough spot. Yeah, you mentioned freak injuries, and it's like it was such a different play. But when I did see that, it's that initial the night before was Mark Shifley going down, and we just still don't even know with him. Um, when you really do talk about freak uh, injuries, things happening, it's crazy. It, it's such a fast game, and you add in the playoffs intensity too. Um, it. it you know, you just always do hope for the best with Michael Raffle too. This new protocol, it is, it makes it tough. It's like we literally won't, you know, know for a, a long while, at least at all, maybe, um, what this case is. But once again, yes, you you do have, you know, it's it's reassuring to know, you know, you have your guys there for things like this that could happen. But yeah, just really moving forward. You know, you you mentioned right there, Nate Thompson, Derek Grant. We heard from Derek Grant earlier today in a press conference, and a question that was addressed to him was just about, you know, how quickly did you get acclimated to this team? How how quickly did they take you in? And how many games was it before the NHL pause? He did, he was not here for a very uh, long amount of time. Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it seven? Seven games. Yeah, yeah, seven games. He's here. And all of a sudden, you go through this almost five-month hiatus. Yeah. Um, of course, he was with the team in less than five months, but that's still a long amount of time. But, yeah, he did just talk about such a unique core of guys that uh, it's something I love to hear. I'm sure you did too, Jordan. They're playing virtual poker. They're staying, uh, you know, involved in some sort of way, staying uh, in touch. And, and with a new guy like that, and you're not, like, physically with your teammates – it truly is just a nice thing to know that, you know, from the top to the bottom, from leadership to the younger guys, like this whole core group of uh, the Flyers, it's really a special team on and off the ice. But, yeah, moving forward, uh, you know, touching on Derek Grant there, but even Nate Thompson, what we saw from him. I mean, I just really feel like 
you know, I felt like some of his talents were on display there before the pause, but really in the playoffs, we've known this. He's a veteran player. He's been in the playoffs. He's had this experience. But seeing him shine yesterday, Jordan, he was bringing so much spark out there that I didn't even know was possible. Yeah, and I think uh, he's excited to play playoff hockey. I think he's a guy that kind of senses that he's maybe toward the end of his career. Uh, nothing wrong with that. He's 35 years old, and he's obviously a role guy. So, um, you know, he can be an unrestricted free agent after this season. So, uh, you know, a lot will be up in the air come the offseason for him and where he might play next. So I think he senses that this could be towards the end of the road for him, and he's just really excited to be on a team that's not only in this tournament, but a team that has a real genuine shot at making a run. And, you know, Nate Thompson, as I've said before, he's been in an Eastern Conference final. He's played in a Western Conference final. So he's gotten real close, real close to that Stanley Cup. And you can just tell he, he's excited about this team. He sees a lot of special qualities in it. He had a great quote about Carter Hart. He said, you know, he's like, I know I haven't been here for a while, but Carter Hart does not look 21 to me. Yeah, um, what did he say? He reminds me of a goaltender I played in front of with uh, the Canadians. And we all kind of looked at each other like, wow. Yeah. That's quite a and compliment. I, exactly. And I think he said it without saying Carey Price's name, just nope. in a funny manner. Just like, uh, I think you guys know of a goalie that's in Montreal who I've played with. And we're like, we, I think everyone was, you know, all of us can say, yeah, we sure do know that guy. Um, that's high praise. So, uh, so yeah. It, again, Nate Thompson, I thought, um, I thought he got off to a little bit of a shaky start. And I was like, okay, well, that's not a great sign because he's kind of a bubble, you know, bubble lineup guy. He needs to play well especially in fourth-line duties, you, you don't want to be standing out for the wrong reasons. Um, but then he has that great goal. And then I just thought he, he played exactly the way you want him to play the rest of the way. He won face-offs. Uh, he stood up for Michael Roffel when Roffel got hurt. Um, yeah. Just a, a real quality guy to have. Um, and same with Derek He brings Grant. that passion. Yes. For sure. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. So, uh, so, yeah, I think the Flyers' decisions will get a little bit easier come these final two games in the round robin with Michael Roffel's injury. Obviously, that's one less guy that I don't think they're going to have for these final two games. If you had to pick one person that stood out the most to you, who would it be? I'm going to have to say Carter Hart. I mean, really, when I, when I look at the whole thing, how important your goalie is, of course, like it's all up to them. But when I really do think, too, as well, the final, uh, you know, the third period, final minutes, and Boston pulls their goaltender, and there's just even more pressure. Like there were so many close calls all throughout the game, and it was just, he was making these saves that were just showing his maturity that we knew about mentally. But just it was really – he was showing like he was beyond his years. Like he'd been there before in this playoff situation. Of course, he's faced the Bruins, but and not an easy line, of course, to go up against in uh, Pasternak, Marshawn, and Bergeron. I mean, this the firepower from, you know, the Flyers' sake, but also slowing the other side down. And it all came down to really Carter Hart at the end of it. You have to give credit, of course, to Matt Niskanen having a great game um, and your forwards as well. Uh, of course, can't forget Phil Myers. But uh, back to it in the defensive core. But yeah, overall, if I just had to put one name, because you always make my you know job so challenging, you just love to challenge me. I do. Um, you know what? Hey, there we have it again, though. Great problem to have. I didn't even know how to pick one from, from what we saw yesterday. But my answer is Carter Hart. Okay, and it is your turn now. And you can't say Carter Hart. So what do you got? I'm going to go Carter Hart. No. Um... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, very good choice. 34 saves in what was – everyone was building up this whole game for him. 
21 years old, rookie, first playoff game. Carter, are you nervous? What are, you know, what are we going to expect? And 34 saves on 35 shots against the NHL's best team. And like you said, that, that, that big bad line of the Bruins uh, can really make nightmares for goalies and uh, so many positives from Carter. But uh, for me, I'll, I'll go Philip Myers, and also I'll make it like a joint thing. Philip Myers and Travis Sanheim. I just thought that pair, um, that young pair was another one that people have been kind of talking about and circling heading into this tournament. Two young guys um, with four combined games of playoff experience. And I think everyone kind of wanted to see what they were going to do. And, boy, did they not look scared. Uh, Philip Myers with that really timely goal when the Flyers had their lead trimmed to 2-1. He comes back, he makes it 3-1 in like eight or nine seconds. Travis Sanheim got the game going with that really nice pass. Um, two guys that can really move, can make plays, and when they're confident in, and they're and they're playing to their to their ceiling, uh, they are such difference makers. And they can take a lot of pressure off of Matt Niskanen and Ivan Provrov, two guys that, like you said, Katie, are going to be playing a ton of really, really tough minutes a lot of minutes and a ton of tough minutes against some of the better forwards and, and, and lines in the league. So um, and that's I, really quick. Just something also to note when you mentioned the defenseman, that top lethal line that we've known is so powerful. Of course, Pasternak having like the best offensive season of his whole entire career, they were all held to zero points, yep. zero. And of zero course I, I mentioned Carter Hart, but the blue liners were so dominant in that force as well. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people will probably say, well, the, you know, the, Bruins weren't really into the game as much. It's a round robin. They had some time off. But so did the Flyers. <laughs> the Flyers did too. Uh, they only played one exhibition game just like Boston, uh, and that was their round robin opener. And they just thoroughly outplayed one of the best lines in hockey. And, um, yeah, kudos to the Flyers for, for their game plan and to the young defensemen. Um, I think if Philip Myers and Travis Sanheim continue to play like that, the, the Flyers are going to be a really, really, really tough team to beat. Yeah, you know, it's something, too, you mentioned, like, you could argue, like, you've heard some argument, like, maybe Boston wasn't ready, like, what you just said. The biggest thing, too, that I think about, because, yes, you did mention, this is such an equal playing field. It's the same amount of time off. Each team has had their own exhibition game. But at the same time, when you think about the word passion, especially in the playoffs and just how the compete level is, is so different, I think it's the Flyers' advantage being the fourth seed wanting to work up. The Bruins are peeved they're like we just have to keep playing these three games to hold our spot like this is a joke um yeah. and of course it's not a joke but in their position like they might feel that way like they're mad they have to do these games they don't have that same maybe compete level they're just trying to be like are you kidding like let's just get to the playoffs and for the flyers to sort of have that underdog mentality i, I really do think it's their benefit i mean when you look at the the standings you look at everything like that but off of the numbers off of the score sheet just like the camaraderie and how, how close they come together to battle together in this mentality. I think that's really their benefit in this situation as well. Yeah. You, I, I, you can almost understand why Boston wouldn't have the energy um, because like you said, Katie, there's just, there's nothing there for them. <laughs> they, they are the one seed and they can literally only fall. And not only can they fall, but they can fall two, three, four. They can't improve at all. So Maybe you take that game for the Flyers, if you're a Flyers fan, maybe you take it a little bit with a grain of salt. Um, they didn't see Tuka Rask, and obviously the Bruins don't have a ton to play for right now, or at least not yet. But still, the Flyers, that was a statement in my opinion. Um, best team in the league, 
and you beat them by three goals. Uh, I think the Flyers now are in a really good spot, Katie. Um, how far do you think they could climb in this round, Robin? Um, and Anything. Anything's yeah. possible. And do you think um, – does, does this change your decisions now for this second round Robin game at all in terms of who you might play in net? Uh, do you go with your regular lineup or do you try to get some guys in? I think it makes it a little more difficult. But yeah. No. You know what? Without a doubt, uh, knowing Elaine Vino's style, I don't think we see a lot of things shift too much. I, what I do know is he's trying to put Elliot in there for at least one of these three round Robin games. But when you talk about lines that are not moving apart, I do not see, uh, you know, Giroux, Couturier, and Voracek moving. Without a doubt, no way he's going to switch up uh, Kevin Hayes, Scott Lawton, and Travis Konechny. Such a dominant line. Your top two lines, they normally don't switch around too much. So that's sort of expected. But as far as the bottom six goes, the only thing I really think we're going to see, Jordan, is, you know, of course, Michael Roffel's going to be out of the lineup. And who do you put in? And my vote is Joel Farabee. You mentioned that earlier. Um, the good part is, though, you also have so many other players that can fill in as well. Uh, but I do see. I do think we see Nate Thompson continue to stay at that center role. Um, just seeing, you know, how dominant he is there. Uh, and yeah, Tyler Pitlick. I like that line together. Uh, in general, uh, Pitlick and Thompson, whoever's going to be with them. So that's what I do know uh, with defensemen. Like I think my biggest thing. I, I do think we see Shane Gossespierre get in at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this next game, but I do know it's going to be one of these round robin games. And Shane Gossesbury is like the one that really comes to mind as far as what we could expect changing up. But yeah, I do think one of the most important is who's going to be in net. And I, I know it's going to be Brian Elliott one of these games. What about you? Yeah, it really is tough. I do think we'll see Brian Elliott against the Capitals. He had a good um, regular season against the Capitals. He beat him twice. So I think that will give the Flyers a little bit more uh, reason to play him, not just to get him a round-robin game, but if they had to pick between the two, uh, get him that one because he's played well against the Capitals. And I do think the team is really wanting to get Shane Gossespierre a game, but it's it's tough because, you know, I thought the defensemen played pretty well. They're coming off a really good game, and if you – this second game is so important now because if you can win this second game, you're really setting yourself up for possibly that first or second seed uh, come the third and final game of the round robin. So I, I really don't know when they're going to get Shane Gossespierre in, but I do believe they want to get him a game. But I do expect to see Joel Farabee um, on that fourth line probably. I do expect to see Brian Elliott. Maybe they keep the same defensive pairs, or maybe they, they, they fit in Shane Gossespierre, or maybe, like you said, Katie, get, in, get him game three, depending on the outcomes of, uh, of game two. But uh, we'll see. Again, uh, we've said a bunch, but good problems to have, Katie. Yeah. Um, and Katie, the absolute firepower for sure. Yeah. Your NBC Sports Philadelphia podcasts are now on the My Teams app. Listen to Eagle Eye, Sixers Talk, Phillies Talk, and Flyers Talk now. And, and, we're, and we're talking about uh, excitement around this team. And obviously, the, the, the team really fueled it with that 4 1 win. But we look at playoff odds a lot. And one website called Money Puck, who was really high on the Flyers, this website was really high on the Flyers during the regular season as they started going on a run. But recently, Money Puck released their latest odds, and they gave the Flyers the second-best odds to win the Stanley Cup behind only Vegas, the Golden Knights. And the, that, the Flyers obviously had the best odds in the Eastern Conference to go to the Stanley Cup per Money Puck. Katie, do you like those odds? Do you agree with them? Is there 
another team in the Eastern Conference that you think deserves no, better? No, I hate them. I, are you? No, this is amazing. Of course I like to see that. Are you kidding? Um, I think we're all in the same boat. Like, like here, we already knew this, right, Jordan? It's like we already figured this in our head. But, yeah, it's so great to see Money Puck give the Flyers the cred they deserve. Yeah. My goodness, these fans, too. You got to love, by the way, on NBC, how you saw the fans at home on Zoom. I mean, that was such a unique thing. Yeah, it's great. Cool. It's fun to see the fans, but I know the fans would agree, too. They're excited. Uh, but, yeah, just really seeing them that high, I do kind of question the Vegas Golden Knights situation. But, you know, I as far as – yeah. As far yeah, as the I'm Eastern sure. Conference goes, though, you're not too upset uh, to see the Flyers just up there. I just – Going back to what I said earlier, this underdog mentality, I, I really do think it's going to help in their benefit for the longevity. I, like yesterday, yes, uh, you know, you set the bar high on this team. You expect to see, you know, great things, but they really just exceeded expectations. And I, I just feel like so many things could happen. But again, it's, it's one game. We can't get too hyped. So I'm a little more of a reserved hockey fan. I'm going to wait and see. But, you know, as far as covering this team and as far as talking about, you know, when you Remember what we just mentioned, the depth, the goaltending, the firepower on offense, your different keys uh, at forward, and then, of course, your defensive pairs that are, are you know, consistently strong day in and day out. Um, I just feel like they have all the pieces to the puzzle, and I, you know, something that the Flyers haven't had in so long. And on top of that, they have so much extra firepower, you know, waiting to come in to just to help as well and, and join in on this. So on and off the ice, this is, of course, a special team. And I think it all comes down, coaches mentioned this too, it's all about the mental toughness. I believe Elaine Vino's even mentioned that. That is one of the most important things in this specific scenario. And knowing, you know, this team, what they can do on the ice, it's all about that mental, that mentality uh, in general. And that's, you know, surrounds any successful team in the playoffs. So if the Flyers can continue to just have that positive uh, mentality and keep moving forward, anything's possible, Jordan. Um, what do you think? What? Do you think they're supposed to be, like, the seventh likely or what? Yeah. Well, Katie, I expected you to like those odds because you did pick the Fly Guys to win the Stanley Cup in our predictions article on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Sky's the limit. Sky's so the limit. What, I expected you to like those odds. I'm glad you do. Um, I, for me, I, I picked the Lightning to win the Stanley Cup uh, at the beginning of the regular season, and that's still kind of my pick. But I, I do really like the Flyers. Um, I think it's great that their odds are there. Uh, I think the Lightning are right there with them, in my opinion. I think Boston's really good as well. Uh, but I think the Flyers have all the ingredients. We've talked about it. Um, just that they're a likable team. They work hard. They're well coached. Uh, they have experience. They have youth. Um, and they definitely do have a little bit of that underdog mentality because there's not as much pressure. There's not as much expectation. So there's a lot to like about the Flyers team. And I think a lot of people have been asking, like, well, Flyers fans are getting too excited. They're getting too excited. It's just one game. I don't think there's any reason why fans should not be excited. This fan base uh, has been through a lot. The past seven seasons, uh, there's been stagnancy, and uh, there's been only three playoff bursts and no series victories. This is the first time the team, the fans, have been able to really rally around this team and believe that it's a contender. So – Flyers fans and I just think there's no problem with that. It, right. And you know what, with Flyers fans in general, I just think they're protective. I come from Minnesota. Like they're they protective too. Like it's just, you don't want to give your hopes up and that's okay. But I will, I will say the same thing that we said throughout the NHL hiatus. You have Elaine Vino. like the power is in his hands. And this is one of the best coaches that can have that power for your team right now. Like Elaine Vino 
no pressure if he's listening, but you, you are, it is all up to him. And you know, it does, you know, it's the product on the ice, but I, I just really do think it's this coaching staff in general. Um, and, and I trust them. And I think Flyers fans should trust them too. I mean, this is, you know, such an uncertain circumstance. And we've said this before, Chuck Fletcher all the way down, like this is, this is a great organization to really take the reins and help out. Um, you know, and, and one more thing too, I just remembered going back to this Boston game, uh, Elaine Vino, speaking of him, he mentioned too, he didn't like the start. I believe they only had six shots in the first 20 minutes of Flyers opposed to 12 for Boston. Like we were a little unsure and that start maybe was like, it wasn't as sharp to me at least. And you're kind of thinking, oh boy, really picked up the mid, you know, mid second, early second, I believe. And, and Elaine Vino said that he liked what he saw, you know, half of the second, but really that third period all around was what he wanted to see. And maybe, you know, a lot of teams, all of them are starting fresh up again, but maybe that's just what they needed, that little start, and they got going. And we did see that throughout the season where they didn't have the best first period, but that response. And I feel like I haven't said that word in so long, but the response is so strong with this team. They, they, they know what to do. You know, intermission, they'll go out there and they'll respond, and they will, you know, whether it's uh, eight game like losing streak or anything, they will, and hopefully you're not in that situation in the playoffs. But the response, it starts with, you know, Elaine Vino and the leadership. And so what we saw here, response to adversity, that'll carry on. But even in the future of this playoff run, one loss, I'm not worried because, you know, there, there's going to be that, that mentality and that response from this team that they've, you know, displayed all season long that they can really get through any adversity. Yeah, and we didn't see that last season. Last season was really the opposite. Uh, they would have a bad goal against early in the game, and it would just have All a turn-down effect, and then it would be a complete unraveling. Uh, they don't do that this season. I think that's a huge testament to Elaine Vigneault, something he preaches a lot about getting back out there the next shift and responding, and the Flyers have done that. I think they've really responded to him uh, in a positive way in that manner. And then if I – I had someone asking me, like, if you could find one negative, like, give me one negative, anything that concerns you. It really was tough to find one after that game. But maybe I think you're right, Katie. The, the starts can maybe be somewhat concerning. I think we did see the Flyers from time to time during the season not start particularly fast. It just seemed like they got – it took them a little while to finally really kind of ramp up that system that they want to play. And what really bailed them out a lot was Carter Hart or Brian Elliott. Typically, most 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 times it was Carter Hart who would make what he did against the Bruins. He would make those big, timely saves and kind of allow them to get their their feet going. Uh, so that concerns me maybe a little bit going into the playoffs when you're playing some of the better teams. Uh, if you let teams jump on you, it gets tougher in the playoffs to get the momentum back. So maybe that concerns me a tad, but yeah, not a whole lot. And Katie, I'll say this: I think how how telling do you think this next game could be? Because for me. If you were, we remember, the Flyers rolled the Capitals twice during the regular season. Completely rolled them. If they go out there and have another game like they did against the Bruins where they win 4-1, 5-2, that would be three wins over the Capitals, one of the best teams in the East, by a healthy margin. To me, that would be real telling that, like, hey, I know it's the round robin and all, but this team beat the Bruins three times and it beat the Capitals three times handily. Um, I yeah. think that could be a really telling, telling mark of what, of how far this team could go. Yeah, you know, it's a great thing. I, I think any of these round-robin games will be telling. I think, you know, one is telling already, like, wow, this is what they have. This is a possibility. Um, not getting too sidetracked here, but when you did mention maybe a negative, I agree with that. I think that 
when you say that those starts, like that's maybe a concern that they have to, you know, get out of that. I agree. Who wants to be playing catch up, you know, right in the second period or anything, you want to have that strong start right away. But if I had to have sort of a different negative, uh, you said it, you know, it's all up to Brian Elliott or Carter Hart to slow it down or sometimes it all comes down to them. I think it comes down to your top guys. Like yeah. you had a game yesterday where Giroux and Borchak, Katuri, of course they had the chances. Even James Van Riemsdyk, a player that, you know, we might forget, like he is a very talented hockey player as well. They should all be pitching in points. And of course they know this, this isn't any news, but how much can you keep relying on your depth? That's a big concern for me. And thankfully it's been stepping up, but you need your top production as well. So moving forward, that would be a concern for me. And I think that moving it back into what we were saying about how telling these next games are, that's the same thing. Like we're going to learn something even more about the rest of this team in the next game. And, and of course the next game, but I think in one solid week when we have all three round robin games aside, we have the first round figured out um, who they're going to be facing. Of course, I can't wait as well. It's so much uncertainty throughout the last whatever amount of months. But right now in these next two weeks, I'm like, oh, I'm just I want to find out. But yeah, I'm certainly I, I know you are too. And fans are we're just enjoying the ride. This is nice. You know, nothing to lose hockey right here. Uh, you know, you just you only want to see them get better and better. And, you know, yes, when you do think about this regular season with the Caps, They've slowed down Ovechkin, uh, such a powerful, lethal scorer. They slowed him down throughout the regular season. Of course, the biggest you know thing that I could think of, the Capitals are such a different team in the playoffs. Like, they, they are such a different team. And, and when I say that, it's like Braden Holpe, you know, he didn't have his best regular season, but he's such a playoff goaltender. Of course, we see them, you know, get the cut to prove it. Like, that group is such a strong group that can truly compete. And I just feel like they truly are such a different – display of a team um, so excited to see them in round robin play as well but specifically for this coming Thursday with the Flyers all of these games will be so telling and you know something you know if you have a lesson learned I asked this to Bundy on post game like what's the biggest thing you think the Flyers learned and it's that they can play with anybody so you know from yesterday's uh, win over the Bruins and of course you have that you you get a win against the President's Trophy team you're going to move on and have some confidence and hopefully that confidence can continue to be holstered Jordan. Yeah, and Kitty, that makes me want to ask, how was it being back for pre- and post-game live? Oh, it was like, you know, I missed it so much. Of course, it's, it's so different. We have to be very safe. We're wearing our face masks when we're not on, uh, on TV. But the, the distance is a bit different. It's fun, though. Of course, I have to love getting back with our wonderful pre- and post-game producer, Joe Fordyce, <laughs> um, and uh, Chris Terrian, who everyone knows and loves so much. He is a thrill. It's fun to watch hockey games with them again, of course, from a, a safe distance, but it felt really good. I don't know what, if this is like a weird way to compare it, but it's like driving a car. And like, at first it's like, you just haven't in so long. And I will say driving a car because my car here in Philly that I hadn't seen in like four months, um, getting back into that, I'm like, this is so different because it's sort of like a truck. So I'm like, this is like a, a completely different thing. So if I could compare it to something, it'd be that. But you know what? After, you know, we really got through post-game, it's like it is such a more electrifying feeling. I'm sure you could agree. I mean, you love covering hockey, especially Flyers hockey, throughout the regular season for each game. But now there's just such a different magic around it, and it's even more special. Of course, I know that, you know, saying this, like fans, it just – it doesn't make anything any better. But I will say the one thing I miss are just, like, fans and just – having Wells Fargo Center full and stuff like that. It's just, it, it really isn't the same, but you know what? You may as well embrace it, right, Jordan? I do. I can't believe I haven't seen you in forever. 
Fortunately, we're able to catch up on these podcasts forever, but yeah, just those game nights are, they're just, they're different, but you know what? You may as well make it really special in this uh, sort of situation. Uh, and it's fun. And, and speaking of special Jordan, another thing I wanted to get to today, I know we talked about this after that exhibition game, but truly just the sights of what we're seeing. And I even have, it's so fun to have six games, you know, sometimes maybe more. I, I do believe it's, yeah, it's always six games. Yeah. Um, Carolina, New York on right now for their second game. Stuff like this is so exciting to watch from home, but a big thing I've been looking at are, are these tarps over the seats and the different graphics they have. Even NBCSN, they, they use that Jumbotron screen sometimes to pan out of the game and then they're zooming back down and, and just the different visuals around. And I know too, I was seeing from the NHL social media channels, those huge screens were like so much work from a, a you know hardworking visual team to get in there, figure out what graphics to use. They had past players give their feedback on if that would be distracting if they were playing on the ice. Like they, they worked so hard to make this look great. And I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. I, I, I even look at it compared to some of the other leagues and like, I just feel like the NHL knocked it out of the park. They just were, they really were diligent and meticulous in all of this. Like you said, Katie, not even just obviously organizing the protocols for phase three, which was training camps and now phase four, the return, like that is, those are long, long protocols that probably took a ton of time to really sort out and make sure they were hammered down in the best way possible. But then on top of just making sure that, yeah, the arenas are ready and, um, and they're safe and they're presentable and they're good for the audience. Um, I really don't have anything to claim, complain about. Like you said, the only thing yeah, is you miss the fans. You miss playoff hockey with fans, of course. And we miss being obviously in the Wells Fargo center, seeing fans come into the arena and, and we, we felt like a playoff phone would, would have been pretty fun in Philly. But we hope Philly oh, is yeah. enjoying it now. We know they are. Um, and I know we're enjoying it too. And, Katie, I'm looking forward to seeing you back on pre- and post-game live for the rest of this round, Robin, and, and these playoffs. It's going to be fun. Yeah, you know what? It's kind of hard to say this, but when you talk about fans, like I, I physically miss them like around and just being at Wells Fargo Center. But just as a true hockey fan – it is so hard to say this, but I feel like I'm already sort of used to not having fans. Like, yeah. you know what, what day is it? It's August. You know, it, we already have had this for a few days now. And it's like, I just feel that uh, I'm getting used to this different vibe. And it's really hard because, but I, you know what, we will appreciate it, you know, when it is back, of course, um, you know, hopefully soon, but you got to love it. And you know what, I think to put a cap on that whole thing. It's like we, you and I were saying this, we're hopeful, you know, for sport to, for sports to return specifically hockey. And we were kind of in the same boat. I don't really care how I see it out there. I just, I want it, you know, I want to see playoff hockey. And this was like, this still is like better than what I, you know, would have settled for in a way, like what they're, what they're doing. I mentioned earlier with the fans at home, like it, it is a bit different. That's hard to get used to. Like, having a goal and then the fans zoom calls around it from home. But those kind of things are so special. It's like they're making the best out of, you know, such an uncertain circumstance stance. And that goes for, of course, the TV networks, but specifically the NHL making this possible and NHLPA. It's like, it is truly amazing. And it continue, of course, the biggest thing is safety and to continue seeing uh, zero positive tests, Jordan. It's yeah. just like, it, it truly is. You said knocked it out of the park. Like this is, an amazing thing that they accomplished here. And it's still going, but so yeah. far, so good. Yeah, so far, so good. Same can be said for the Flyers. And it really is great to see that everyone is safe. Uh, obviously, Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, has uh, routinely said that the health and safety of everyone comes first and foremost. So that is great to see. 
But, hey, positive start for the Flyers to this tournament. Flyers fans, oh, yeah. we hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll have plenty of more Flyers talk discussion for you. But, Katie Emmer, thank you as always. Great to see you back for pre- and post-game live and look forward to watching you more. Ben Berry, our podcast producer, thank you so much as well. This is the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast fans, please rate and subscribe. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.